You're listening to Just a Tangent Podcast with Tyler Brewer and Greg Miller, where we talk about movies, TV, and everything in between. Producer, are we good? Yeah, you guys are good. <laughs> All right, my name is Greg Miller. I'm Tyler Brewer. And this is Just a Tangent. And today we're going to be talking about uh, a couple different things, but before we get into get into the actual episode, um, Tyler and I just watched the third episode of uh, Marvel Studios' What If on Disney+. Plus. Tyler hasn't seen any of the other ones, but I... I'm caught up to episode three. I think episode four is out right now, and I think episode five is coming out tomorrow. So I gotta, I gotta catch up. But I enjoy that they're kind of just one-offs, just like the comics for the What If series. That way, you don't have to be committed and stuck to a big long series. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of relaxing. You just get to, um, you just get to watch like an episode here or there. You don't necessarily have to watch them in order. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought it was good. The one that we watched today was what if all the Avengers died? And I thought it was, it was kind of neat. Yeah. The way they killed the Hulk was like eh. weird at the time and then explained. Yeah. Se- semi acceptably. Yeah. Before we get into this, uh, we didn't do this in the last episode, which, um, was a little bit delayed in getting uploaded, but, um, we just want to give a spoiler warning for anything that we are about to talk about. Um, we will typically at least name the movie or the TV show that we're going to talk about before we get into it. Um, but just remember that this is a TV and film podcast, so there is the chance of spoilers for those of you who have not seen the uh, the movies or TV shows that we are covering. But, um, for example, we're just talking about What If, and uh, spoiler warning, but... The way that they killed the Hulk, um, Hank, it was Hank Pym, right? Yeah. He like basically got in, got inside of the Hulk, I think through like a bullet, and then he used one of his like uh, enlargers to like enlarge his heart. Yeah. And, and he basically he just expanded and blew up. Yeah. So it was it was okay. Um, but as far as the actual series goes, I I really like seeing how they like. Uh, I, I never really read the what if comics, but I like seeing how they like, come up with different versions or different realities and I think yeah. it's pretty cool. So I, I would continue to watch it. But Tyler, would you would you do this week? Well, we haven't really um, we haven't really caught up much. So just over the weekend, uh with Labor Day was a little bit extended. Uh I was able to watch a couple of things. I watched Wrath of Man again. Um Didn't we watch that twice together? Yeah, I watched it the third time uh, with your dad, actually, because huh. he hadn't seen it. Um, it's not bad. There's some little things that I'd like to nitpick about it, but uh, for a Guy Ritchie movie, it's up there with, with the rest. Uh, what, what would you what would you nitpick about? Uh, I, I don't like that the, the, the villains of the movie, um, towards the third act, they have bulletproof suits that don't make any sense. They kind of keep it pretty grounded for the most part in general until uh until a third act so up until that point it was fine i mean i thought it was i thought it was a good movie i can't name any of the other guy Ritchie movies that i've seen well, off the you, top of my you, head you've but... seen snatch yeah we watched that one and together you've seen the gentleman okay yeah i just didn't 
I'm I'm not great like with remembering who directs what. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen both. But but those were really good. The gentleman that was um, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I was trying to remember. That's that's one where they have all the weed farms, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah in the UK, I think. As much as I really like the gentleman, I think Snatch is better. It's just a classic, and that's like his breakthrough film. I like the, I like like the intensity of the gentleman. It, it seems like um, like Snatch is, I, I think, more fun to watch. But the gentleman was, I felt like a little bit more um, pressure. Or it was like it yeah. was a little bit more. I like Snatch because it feels like it was made with like a twenty thousand dollar budget, and like it was just his friends and. Like if you listen they to like, out and made a movie. Yeah, if you like listen to interviews with him, like all the music in the movie is all music he listened to in UK pubs. And most of the stories in Snatch are like a bunch of stories that he had heard in pubs and just like combined and wrote a movie based on stuff that he him and his buddies heard when they were drinking. See stuff like that I just think is cool because like that that's like the, the magic of movie making, you know. I, I think in um I think in today's kind of movie climate everything is so so much of a money grab yeah it used to be more of like people just wanting to tell the the ideas that they had in their mind and like they just it was like their way of expressing what they had thought of yeah not not only money grabs but nobody is original anymore i can't mm-hmm. think of a movie that isn't based off of a comic book a novel a television series a short film or a previous movie that's a remake yeah, my teacher in high school, she she said she taught all my film classes and she said if you ever have an idea for an original screenplay, do not tell a single soul about it. Doesn't mean doesn't matter if it's your closest friend, you know, if it's your spouse or anything. She said literally what you need to do is you need to write it down, flush out the idea, get it all on paper, and then get it to I don't know the legal term for for um for screenplays, but yeah. you know, either like a, a copyright manager or um, a publisher, somebody who can basically make sure that your idea is protected. Then you can, then you can kind of start talking to other people about it. But it, you know, if any word gets out of um, as far as what as what your idea is, like you've just lost it because yeah. there's very few original screenplays now, and you can make ton of money off of it if you have an original idea yeah no nobody is original anymore unfortunately um especially in certain 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 genres um a lot of that has to do with what drives hollywood right now which is the Mm -hmm. chinese theater and japanese theater market so yeah a lot of what they like is, is action movies they actually make more domestically now than than uh or i'm sorry internationally than than domestically like they used to yeah so unfortunately um that means like less westerns uh it really seems like less goofy comedies yeah but i think that's more of a pc thing a a lot of times people just they go with what's safe and what has been done before yeah um oh that kind of i think that kind of kills creativity yeah speaking of comic book and comic book movies we were just talking about marvel marvel studios i did go see shang chi on saturday oh did you see it with my dad yeah was it good it was better than i had expected mm-hmm. um but it was a very cookie cutter superhero movie yeah yeah there was like no real warrior's path like if you watch first blood the warrior's path is he goes into the cave becomes the warrior and comes out reborn and like mm-hmm. 
this film, it portrays that happening, but there's no like struggle. Mm. It's just like the hero already knows some, some moves and, uh, learns some more, but like, there's no, there's no like real, real struggle for the, for the main Mm. character. Yeah. You know, I I don't know why, but like, I think probably because it had a similar like cultural feel, but I just watched an episode of um, the original Teen Titan show whenever Robin had to go. I forget what it was. He he had gotten he had gotten uh, defeated by the one character that looked like Lobo. What was his name? Jo- Johnny something. I can't remember. Let me look. Yeah. Well, while you're looking for that, anyways, he he basically he gets uh he gets defeated by the one character, and he's all he's all. Um, you know, shooken up about it, and he basically leaves leaves the team for a, a certain period of time to go train. He hears about this uh, this great martial arts trainer, and the entire time he's trying to get to the top of the mountain as quickly as possible. That way he can start training. Yeah. And this old woman is basically telling him to, you know, take his time to enjoy the journey to to make sure that he takes it all in instead of just rushing through life. And that old woman ends up being the, uh, being like the great master or whatever they call her in the yeah. show. Um, um, the villain was, uh, Johnny Rancid. That's right. That's right. I was going to say it was something weird, but he basically looks, he looks like a, like a teenage Lobo. He does look just like Lobo. Yeah. But yeah, it, it just reminded me of that because, you know, he, that was very much like a, like a journey. Yeah. You know, in, uh, in some other movie news for new stuff. Uh, I was really looking forward to Top Gun coming out this fall. It got pushed back to next year along with a few other films. What? Yeah. I'm not sure about, uh, I think Ghostbusters Afterlife is still set to come out November 11th this year. So I'm still looking forward to that one. But they moved Top Gun uh, Maverick to next year. Man. I think it's just poor reception with some other films, even though Shang-Chi like crushed a Labor Day opening. Really? Uh, yeah, they like crushed records for for Labor Day weekend. Dang, I mean that's that's good to hear for that because you know I think right now the movie industry is really struggling with um, getting people into the theaters because they have done some of the you know um, yeah. same day streaming releases or what they'll do is they'll wait two weeks and then release it on streaming. It's like okay, well that's I kind of get that from like a financial aspect, but you have to realize that the real experience is, is in the theaters. And if people know, well, I can just wait two weeks and then I can watch it at home and you know, I don't have to try to plan a time for someone to watch the kids and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I just think, uh, I I don't think the movie industry is helping themselves by allowing those movies to go to streaming before they're out of theaters. Yeah. I mean, another thing that doesn't help is just theaters, trying to survive in general through all the COVID closings and everything. Uh, Cinemark, I believe it towards the very beginning got a huge bailout from the government. I think mm-hmm. AMC was struggling for a little bit until the huge boom with stock market stock stock market stuff with AMC. Um, and I think that, you know, their shares and everything they've been ga- doing pretty steady gains lately. I think they'll be okay. So like Cinemark's number one, AMC's number two. After that, there's no, like nobody else in the game yeah. for having theater chains other than like mom and pops, and most of those are gone. I yeah. know in Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh there was a very small like two screen theater. It's like a brick building, <laughs> and they showed like some very one off like one night only films and stuff yeah. like that. But I don't even think that thing's still around anymore. I was gonna say, I mean, 
I really enjoy going to the drive-ins, and I think those are doing okay because yeah. they they're outside, and you know you're in your own car, you're not really around other people. Yeah. Um, so I think potentially we might see a resurgence in drive-in theaters, For which sure. would be cool. And I don't know all the rules as far as like what theaters are allowed to show. Like if you and I opened a theater, mm-hmm. I don't know what the rules are as far as like us showing movies that I have and charging for it and things like that. But it seems like the drive-ins are much faster to show older stuff. Like around Halloween, especially they'll show like a whole bunch of old horror movies and things like that, especially Mm -hmm. locally around here. Yeah. I mean, just as consumers, you and I wouldn't be allowed, like people aren't just allowed to hold viewings of movies. That's what the disclaimer is at the beginning of, of, um, like your, if you have a DVD or Blu-ray, um, but with those theaters, a lot of times they'll just have those old movies just on backlog, or they'll get like they'll get a, a new batch of them from the from the um, production companies or the distributors or whoever you know gives them the movies, yeah. um, and then they'll play them again. But I know like uh, like our local theater, I'm pretty sure they just have like hard drives of the old movies, and then. Um, and then if they do like special events, like summer, like a summer kids event, they'll yeah. play like the first Shrek movie or something. Yeah. The money still goes, you know, some of the money still goes to um, the same people it would have whenever it was current. But yeah, and I know like Fathom events, their tickets are super, expen- super expensive because yeah. they have very limited days and show times and they pay like crazy to, to be able to show that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, hopefully, hopefully driving movies come back because i really enjoy that luckily i don't really think they took much of a hit um but it it seems like based off the trailers that i've seen there are a lot of movies that are saying in theaters only yeah so you know i think that'll help but that has um, a lot to do with contracts and earnings and things like that as well yeah so hopefully we see hopefully we see a uh you know some some healthy growth and uh get the theaters back up to a point where they where they should be yeah but, what uh what else have you been watching over the over the holiday weekend um i didn't watch a ton this weekend i mean i i actually i, I did watch avatar the last airbender with um with maddie so okay. for, for right. those of you listening maddie is my sister uh tyler's other cousin obviously um or one of his other cousins and uh Maddie is rewatching through Avatar The Last Airbender and we were just at the end of book two and we watched in a couple episodes into book three, um, which I think a lot of times in this kind of relates to the, you know, I guess like the central topic of this episode that we're going to get into. Um, but I think a lot of times people underestimate like the or undervalue the kind of side episodes in a TV show. Yeah. They see it as being like wasted space, which or filler. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it is. But with a show like Avatar The Last Airbender, where they only had three seasons, it was a you know, it was a relatively short show. I think although I think each season was like twenty some episodes, which is long for an animated show yeah, per season. Um but anyways, people see those uh like side episodes as being a waste. They're like, Oh man, it doesn't doesn't add to the story but what they what they don't realize is it it helps with character development. And like one of the side episodes that people, um, I don't know how well received it is, but uh, whenever Aang goes to the school in the Fire Nation, yeah, 
like I, that is one of my favorite that's one of my favorite episodes to watch because you get to see Aang be a kid for one of the first times in the show like obviously he's goofy he tries to ride all the different animals that he sees and um you know he's always playing games and stuff but he's tasked with this really difficult responsibility of defeating the fire lord and he basically never had never had uh, a chance to live out his childhood he he got frozen in the ice all this time passed he wakes up there's a war going on yeah, and how old is he he's well technically he's 112 but being that he was in the ice for 100 years he just remained yeah. like a 12 year old okay um but technically he's 112 in the show um and so like he he basically is in the fire nation he has the clothes on the headband to hide up his you know to hide his arrow and he goes to a fire nation school and he actually gets to spend time as a kid and uh see what other kids got to do so and i thought that was cool it didn't really add to the main the main storyline aside from they say that uh you know, they allude to there being a, a secret river that heads to the Fire Lord's palace, which I think they explore later. Um, but side episodes like that, I think, are really undervalued but really important to a show. Yeah. So, I, I mean, are there any examples that you could think of that... Of like just underrated things that people overlook? Yeah, I mean, whether it's a TV show or, like, a specific episode, if you can... I mean, other than, like... So, like, sitcoms will definitely have filler and stuff and, and episodes that don't progress the story that much. Uh, whereas some of the other TV shows I watch, like Supernatural and stuff, there might be an an episode or two where they completely ignore the problem for that season. And, you know, people view those as filler, but really I think I view those as, like, a break. Because yeah. sometimes... Train, train incoming. Yeah. Sometimes um, the ones everybody views as filler, you know, they kind of want to just get the story. But for some reason, I, maybe it's just the length of Supernatural, the fact that it's 15 seasons. I feel like um, those ones that take a break from the main story are actually like a breath of fresh air sometimes. Yeah. Instead of being not repetitive, maybe maybe with subject repetitive, but um, I, I just enjoy them a little bit more. Sometimes those are like the goofy episodes, yeah. things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of an, an opportunity as a viewer, especially if it's a, a story-driven show where they have an overarching story uh, spanning either an entire season or multiple seasons. It gives you an opportunity to not feel like you have to pay attention to every detail that yeah. happens in that episode in order to get the story because you're like, well, I don't want to miss something. Like, what, what if this is important? What if, you know, there's a line of dialogue that they say that's really relevant to what's going on? It gives you an opportunity to just enjoy the characters that you've gotten to know and, and uh, you know, the atmosphere and the world of whatever show you're watching. Absolutely. So. What uh, what's some movies you think are underrated? Yeah, so that was that was kind of the... I, I texted Tyler earlier this week, and that was, like, the um, general, like, thing I wanted to talk about, the topic, I guess you could say. Um, and there are a couple that I thought were pretty underrated that I wanted to bring up. Firstly, uh, do you remember, it was like in that, like I think like the early 2000s um, Disney animation, Treasure Planet. Yeah, that's like 2002. Yeah, it was like right there with uh, it's, it's like on, Atlantis. Yeah, and, it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, 
Dude. Uh, so, oh, t- Titan AE came out around then, and I remember being obsessed with that movie as a child. Dude, I, I'm pretty that, sure that was early. First of all, 2000s. I like I like that animation style. Yeah, I, I think it. I think is good. Uh, I think one of the reasons why. Whoops. I think one of the reasons why. Um, <laughs> hold, on, hold on, I'm I'm hearing something from my producer. Yeah, don't don't bump the mic. <laughs> so, sorry, I no, I just did it again. Um, Craig, Craig keeps hitting the mic with his chin. <laughs> Maybe you should move it. Yeah. Well, let me. Uh, there we go. Um, but anyways, the uh, that early two thousands animation was was pretty cool, and I think one of the reasons why that. Um, Treasure Planet wasn't well received is because they were mixing in like CGI uh, animation, yeah, which was kind of new at the time, and um, I thought it was fine. They didn't like overdo it, but like I definitely remember there being some shots of the the big ship, uh, and it was CG and mixed in with the two D animation. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I feel like th- those three Disney movies came out around the same time. Actually, I'm going to double check. Yeah. Well, because I, 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 was thinking I don't even know, is Titan AE a Disney movie? I don't, think so. I don't think so. I don't think it is. Um, but one of the reasons why, I personally, I like uh, Treasure Planet is, first of all, they they have a great soundtrack. Like There's this one song from, I'm going to look it up on Spotify right now. Titan AE came out in 2000, and it's a Fox animated film. I was going to say, I didn't recognize that being Disney. Um, let me look up Treasure Planet. I'm trying to think of films. I'm that still are here. Underrated. The, uh, it's Jim's theme from um, Treasure Planet. It's I'm still here. It's you know he's on his he's on his uh, what do they call him like a a, a light glider or a, a sun glider or something sun speeder whatever it is. It's basically like a um, like a sail and uh, he just holds on to it and like rides rides the light and it's like one of the coolest sequences in a movie like the music is perfect for it um i don't say one of the coolest sequences in in any movie but it yeah. like in that in that era those specific uh animated movies like the feeling that i get watching that is so awesome and you know that they scored it well because i can listen to that song and all the feelings that i got from yeah. watching the movie come back just by listening to the song same thing happens with um Tarzan with Phil Collins like everyone jokes about like him going in the booth and like just being fire on the piano and yeah. like crazy stuff for a kids movie but uh honestly I you know I I think that Treasure Planet was underrated yeah a couple that I think are underrated uh one for sure is uh Road to Perdition which is a Tom Hanks gangster movie that takes place in 1931 and uh it has to do with Tom Hanks being basically a hitman for a mob boss and um, some things get witnessed and some other people get murdered and Tom Hanks is, it's not really a revenge tale. It's almost more of a coming of age movie because him and his son have a really cool relationship where Tom Hanks starts robbing banks and the son is the getaway driver. And oh, the, that's cool. The son is like eight years old, I think, in the film. And it's uh, it's really good. It's one that's underrated. I think it's on Netflix right now, but yeah, that one always flies I've under the radar. Seen, I've never seen that one. Yeah, it's good. We'll have to watch it. Um, I think another one I like that's underrated that maybe people haven't seen, it was directed DVD whenever Arnold Schwarzenegger first got back into making films. It was after The Last Dance. It's called Sabotage. And I like hmm. that. I like that one because um, so he runs a SWAT team. 
he convinces them to basically steal money from a cartel. And um, the money goes missing. And obviously, you know, they're trying to keep it a secret. They're under investigation by legitimate police. And um, they all start accusing each other of taking the money. And mm-hmm. it becomes a, a whodunit. And then all of a sudden, team members start coming up dead. So it's at its core, like under the action and stuff, I really feel like it's a whodunit murder mystery almost because mm-hmm. you don't know who took the money and who's killing everybody. That's kind of cool. It's good. I, I like it. It has a really, really great ending. So Sometimes sometimes you can find one of those straight-to-DVDs. Like they're just, it's just a gem, you know? You, you find it and you're like, it almost kind of makes it more intimate, I guess, because you're like, man, I swear that me and my family are the only people yeah. that have actually watched this movie. <laughs> yeah, I found a couple like that. Um, actually, some foreign movies as well. Uh, the Raid, there's two of them. Oh, dude, The Raid? Currently, and they, were, they weren't they were in theaters in the U.S. from what I remember. They just came out a few years ago, but they're action movies, and they're co- like the stunt coordinators in it are the actors in the film, so they know what they're doing and they're also the stunt coordinators for John Wick 3 mm. as well as uh The Force Awakens that they're they they play some characters in that briefly. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And so uh, I believe it's an Indonesian film series and everybody in the film is Indonesian. And the first one I like the concept basically the city's bad people live in this giant apartment building and a SWAT team secretly goes in and they're trying to be stealthy and quiet and take down as many bad guys floor by floor, taking the stairs mm-hmm. as they can. And I think it's 30 stories, and they make it to the 15th, and everybody gets alerted. And they get kind of jammed up. They don't know whether to leave or continue and finish it. And it turns into some hand-to-hand combat, um, really nice, well-choreographed doesn't, action. My dad likes that one, doesn't he? He does. I was yeah, going to say we, it. we watched that when it first came out. It was It's good. The second one is also good. Yeah, I don't think like I've seen clips from it, um, but I don't think that I have seen the entire movie. But yeah, the first one's called The Raid Redemption, and the second yeah, one's just called Raid, that's it. The Raid Two. I was gonna say I've definitely looked at his movie shelf, and he has that one. He, yeah, he likes that. It's it's pretty great. There's some some death scenes in that film that I have never seen in anything else, and they are very satisfying. Yeah, I okay so. Th- the the one that uh, the movie that just came to mind for me I don't know if necessarily it's underrated I think maybe it's just overlooked but the Iron Giant that's funny you say that because I just watched that uh, over the weekend at somebody's party there were some kids around and nobody knew what to put on I think Harry Potter was on and um, so I put on Iron Giant because it was on HBO Max mm-hmm. and there the one four year old that was there was like glued to the television and he had never seen it before. Yeah, I think he just made, I think they just had an appearance in, um, what was that, Space? the new Space Jam movie. I think he's like one of the characters in the yeah, background. I mean, he's in uh, Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah, so he pops up a little bit, yeah. but. What's, I mean, uh, what I think is cool about that, though, is that film is what launched Vin Diesel's film career. He does the voice for the Iron Giant, and he had yeah. never done any any other movies or anything before then. Yeah, it, I don't know. As a, I think that's a, definitely a nostalgia movie for me, but it, it also... A, it's animation, so it still holds up. Uh, it's still just as entertaining for me. It, ha- um, it has a very good mix of animation and CG mm-hmm. uh, that just like fits very well. Uh, some of those animated movies that are CG heavy, yeah, that things just stick out like a sore thumb. Well, they make the CG look 
like it's still the same lighting and color palette as the the animated so you really don't yeah. notice when they shift it, it's more or less um to have like more dynamic camera movements yeah but i always remembered um like there's sometimes i just get like a like a feeling from watching something and like i remember there's like this this feeling that i got as a kid whenever i saw him putting together his like his gun with the duct tape. Yeah, his, with the flashlight. What, what was that, it's like a, a BB it's a, gun? It's a Red Rider BB gun yeah. with his name on it, and he puts a flashlight on it. Yeah, to he puts the, the helmet station. on and yeah. the boots, and, like, I, there was just, like, I remember, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it's not, it's like a feeling, it's kind of a memory, but, like, yeah, it's something that's jogged, and it happens all the time where there's, like, a specific way I remember something. Like, I remember um, whenever the Iron Giant took a bite out of the car, I love whenever he bites like, it and the horn goes off and yep. he tries to sit on it and then he throws it. That throw, that's a good example of uh, how audio can really sell a scene. Yeah. So Iron Giant takes a bite of a car and the horn's going off and mm-hmm. it's at night and they're trying to be quiet. So he sits on it and it's muffled. Yeah. So he picks it up and he starts hitting it and it won't stop honking the horn and he just whips it as far as he can. And the sound effect of the yeah, car it's like, horn. It's like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The sound effect of the car horn going by really sells that he like whipped this thing like at least three miles. Yeah, um, it's, it's such a good it's such a good movie. Like again, I think the people who watch it and remember it agree that it's a good movie. So I don't know that I would say it's underrated, but I just feel like there's a large number of people who just either haven't seen it or have forgotten about it. Yeah. So I feel like there's a difference between underrated and like hidden gem. Yeah. Um, like underrated, like, yeah, people have seen it, but people like maybe didn't like something about it. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, you know, there's something pretty awesome. Uh, another, see, like this is, this is one that's like not underrated, but more of like a hidden gem is Mm -hmm. Ex Machina, which is one that Greg and I are going to watch together. Greg hasn't seen it. Yeah. Um, it's a film about a, I swear I have watched movies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So far, everything we've talked about, Greg's like, I haven't seen that yet. Um, Ex Machina is about uh, a ty- technology tycoon uh, who's kind of like Steve Jobs on steroids, and he has like this resort of his own little home in a foreign country that's tucked away. Nobody knows where it is really, and he has this company, kind of like Apple, and um, he has a competition, and basically, I can't remember. It, maybe it's like a sweepstakes, but anyways, the, the main character wins the sweepstakes, and what he wins is a weekend at the the big guy's house at Bernie's yeah at Bernie's I can't remember but the main the the technology tycoon's name might be Bernie but yeah anyways so the main character gets there and realizes that realizes eventually that he is there to test an an AI figure an artificial intelligence uh, robot and the way the filming is done and the actress that plays the character uh, does very very good job that she sells it very well. Her acting is pretty great, and yeah. his the main character's amazement of her is very telling. And think some things lead to another, and there's there's some some lies that happen where the robot's trying to convince the main character that mm. she's being held there against her will, and that she needs help to escape. And she she basically gets in the main character's head and 
some yeah. things happen, but I that one that one also might be on Netflix. I believe I've seen it on there. But didn't they didn't they talk about that movie on the corridor uh, corridor crew channel? Yes. Yeah. They basically they said like, I think it was specifically like her hand movements were all hand animated. Like yes, they are. So um, she wore like a a, a green or blue suit for some of it. Uh, mm-hmm. For those of you who ha- who haven't seen it, basically the only thing that's her is her face. Um. And the rest of her is is robotic looking, but it's like a smooth. It's not like gears and big wild uh, shapes and things like that. It 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 looks like the silhouette of her is that of a human. Yeah, it's almost like if you took a mannequin and a robot and kind of but some some parts of her are clear and Mm -hmm. uh, transparent, so like you can see through like where her rib cage would be and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there's a section where she does uh, some hand movements, and everything in that is hand animated and hand drawn. Which uh, is, which frame, is just frame by frame. insane because, like, when they showed it, it looked so realistic. Like, typically, whenever you do CG, especially if it's um, CG of a, a person or or something that's supposed to be like a person, you can do motion capture, and so it, it helps the the animation process. They don't have to, they don't have to um, basically recreate what it would look like. They can get some data and have a better starting point. And in that movie, they just did it from nothing yeah and it looks fantastic i have i have seen that part um it, it kind of well, from what i know about ex machina it's kind of like uh similar feel or vibe as like uh, i am mother yeah a little bit it um it has a unique feel to it i'm sure people who who just like action movies and things like that would get bored with it but if you are into films it's it's very well done i i like to hunt for movies with mm. with very well done effects they, yeah, almost to the point where you can't even tell what they did. Yeah, if I can tell how they did something, kind of it doesn't ruin it for me. But it, it, well, it, it like takes, you, takes away the takes away the mystery. Yeah, like, it, it's called it. uh, in film. It's called uh, suspension of disbelief. Yeah. So if if you are watching something and there's nothing that takes you out of it, you're still in that suspension. Yeah, you're ex, still in the in the. Ex Machina is one of the few films where the suspension of disbelief, it's not ruined. But I'm taken out of the movie by trying to think about how they did it. Yeah. Uh, if if I like can stay in the movie, I figured it out pretty much. But like if if I have to pause a movie to really look at some some special effects and really think about it, that's almost more exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, even with I Am Mother, like it was. I I really I really enjoyed that movie. Um. I'm sure there are there are other movies that are a similar story that are that are better, but, um, I had, I'd seen that it had won these awards and, and, um, so w- one thing that, uh, this is a, definitely a, one of these tangent moments, um, <laughs> but with Netflix originals, Netflix isn't always the production crew that makes that. There are some, um, there are some like Netflix originals, whether they be TV shows or movies that yeah. Netflix actually has like a crew that they go out and yeah, like they, they produce com- it. They commissioned it from beginning to end. Yeah, whereas, like Stranger Things yeah. was it was basically Netflix's hand on all of it. Yeah, now there's other films and TV sh- TV series where they let somebody else do it, and like it might may have been on its way to theaters the following year, mm-hmm. and they scoop it up and buy the rights to yeah. it and and stream. I believe Triple Frontier is one of those. I love that movie. Yeah, so j- just like that with I Am Mother, it was from my understanding like a basically an indie crew. Uh, who made this movie? It did really well at. I don't know. I don't know if it was Sundance Film Festival. 
Yeah, I think it, it was some film festival. It did really well, got got these awards, and Netflix essentially bought the rights to it and labeled it as a Netflix original. So yeah. for those of you watching um, Netflix or basically any streaming service, when it says original, just just remember, sometimes it's it's a smaller group of really dedicated people who put in the time and the work to make something awesome. And then those streaming services recognize the brilliance of that movie yeah. and they scoop it up. But, you know, you can start small and make something pretty great because I Am Mother was... I mean, there was a bunch of people who worked on it, but it was a relatively small crew compared to a lot of movies. So I think that's, I don't know, I think that's kind of cool. All right, here's one. To wrap, you know, to wrap up, uh, so, something else just popped in my head. Another mm-hmm. underrated film. I want to look up the budget because it's ridiculous. Hang on a second. The film is called Cube. Is it okay. Cube or The Cube? No, it's called Cube. Okay. The third one's called The Cube. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, just throw, right. throw one. Wait, there's yeah, three? There's three. There's Cube 2. I didn't even know there was a second one. You said, oh, the third one. I was like, what? Cube 2, semicolon, hypercubed is the second one. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't they just do cubed? I don't know. Because when... No, you... I'm sorry. The third one is Cube 0. Greg almost just sneezed and blew out my eardrums. Yeah, that's good. I, I saved it because I'm a, I'm a sneeze ninja. Whatever. Yeah. Um, one other film that I was thinking of that I thought was underrated was The Accountant. But I also, I watched that movie after it was released. I didn't watch it while I was in theaters. Yeah. I don't actually know how well it was received. I think it, when did, it did pretty well. I remember when it came out on home release, I was excited to watch it. So yeah. like it had widespread advertising and things like that. So Cube is a Canadian movie with a very small cast. I think under 10 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the budget for it, oh, it was 90 minutes. Originally released... In the United States in 1998, the budget for it was three hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's kind of that's crazy. Okay, like, just wait. I'll tell you how much it made in box office. Just so everybody knows, three hundred fifty thousand dollars for a budget is literally like ridiculous. A, a step up from me and Greg making a movie. Yeah, it made nine million at the box office. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is a big return on investment. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Yeah, because. If you get a group of ten people over the course of a couple of years and be like, "Hey, can can we all put savings aside so that we can make a movie together?" Yeah, like literally a group of ten people, which is the size of what that cast was, could put that amount of money aside in like two years. Yeah, there um, there are seven characters. Gee, holy crap! It is. Uh, it's pretty good. I, I like that one. That's like a that is really a hidden a hidden gem. You remember that- when we watched that? Maddie and I were sitting there. Yeah, you there. guys we're are like, like, this is like Hunger Games. No, no, not Hunger Games. It was um, it, it was uh, Blade Runner. Uh, no. No. We were watching Cube, and you and Maddie said it was just like Hunger Games. No, the, it was Blade... Or, Bla- Ma- Maze Runner. Maze, yeah. I say Blade Runner. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're, we're literally fighting about not being able to say what's on our mind. Yeah. <laughs> Maze Runner. Yeah, Maze Runner. said it was. Yeah. So, Cube is uh, these people in... They, they wake up here, amnesia. Uh, they remember who they are, but they don't know how they got there. Yeah. And some, th- there's like, they're in a, in a room that's like a cube mm-hmm. with different colors on it. And there's doors that are pretty small. One person at a time can get through them. Yeah. And each room has a number between them. So like, if you're leaving one room, it has a number. And as you enter another one, it's the number for that is right next to it. Mm-hmm. And the new room you go into is a different color and some are booby trapped and some aren't. And 
the booby traps are horrific. Uh, some people get cut with gigantic wires yeah, that are, you know, crazy. H- hundreds of wires. Other people get burned alive. Uh, other people think they're jumping in and it's fine and it's poison gas and things like that. And um, so basically the movie's about this group of people that wake up together and they're trying to navigate themselves through through all of the rooms, uh, the safe ones anyways. And um, they start like losing it a little bit. They start to get dehydrated and things like that. And some mental games are played, but it uh, it's like a good little There's, psychological thriller. I don't even remember what all the aspects were, but there were at least four times where we were like, like, oh, this is just like the Maze Runner. It's like, yeah, but the Maze Runner came out, you know, how many years after this? Yeah. We're like, I'm oh. pretty sure, like, again, there's no originality. I'm pretty sure Maze Runner just stole everything from Cube. Yeah, I... I'm sure Cube stole everything from something else. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised because we, Maddie and I, were both like, how much of this movie is exactly like the Maze Runner? Because yeah. the Maze Runner is a good movie, and we're like, I'm kind of digging this Cube movie. <laughs> Kind of probably because it's like the Maze Runner. Some there's a way they saved on budget, so every room looks the same that they go into, and it's just a f- different color. They used one single prop room and just changed the glass on the well. It's like plastic on the outside to change the color. Yeah. So like whenever they go from room to room, it it does. They do a really good job at, at making it feel like they're going a long ways. And meanwhile, in filming behind the scenes with effects and everything, they're just using the same prop room, which is pretty neat. That that is that is ingenious. That's like how to do how to make a movie with very little money. One hundred and one. Yeah, I feel like they spent like probably ten grand making this prop room, and then like the rest of the money just went to the cast for yeah. for acting. And so I don't know whatever what the rest of the money went to. You know, I I, I think that basically any any business, especially if you're in entertainment, needs to have two people hired at all times. No matter no matter what, yeah. and these two people need to be a college student, and they need to tell you how to be frugal, and how to how to be cheap and spend money and, and different alternatives instead of just going with the most expensive thing, because a college a, a college student's mindset is much different than than the average person because they're just trying to get by and survive. Yeah, look at Maddie. I'm pretty sure she's lived on ramen noodles for like six years. I'm not think, saying she's gone to college for six years, but yeah, I, I think that's more of a a choice rather than a necessity for her. I think she kind of enjoys that. Um, and then the other person needs to be a middle schooler or a high schooler and their only job and they should get paid well <laughs> is, is to uh, make sure that these companies don't release anything that can be taken as a sexual joke or an innuendo or can be memed because just look at Jeff Bezos's rocket yeah. Like who was on who was in charge of designing that thing? And why wasn't there a 13-year-old saying, "Nah, now nah, this looks like a penis." No, that's the bad that's <laughs> the bad part. Though. The 13-year-old would be like, "No, nah, this is all good. Just do it. Let's let's do this. This looks great." Yeah, but if they're getting paid to be like, "Okay, uh make fun of this." They can still make fun of it, but then the design the designers or the people of the company can just be like, "Ah, oh, you know, maybe this is a but maybe then it's this just is an a inside joke." Yeah. But um <laughs> any other um under the radar or underappreciated movies you want to talk about real um, quick for there were up? a couple that i had in mind but i just i kind of wanted to just uh yeah. you know start some conversation and go based off that so i didn't really come with a list um yeah 
Yeah, that, I know the last episode, everybody listening uh, was kind of list-based, and I like picking topics and kind of getting Greg's opinion on things. I like looking up the history of films and looking at like budgets and how much they made and things like that, because a lot of that those statistics and things like that drive the future of movies. Like if you look at what Spider-Man costed and what it made, like that mm-hmm. has a lot to do with you know everybody basically just seeing green in the movie industry and saying let's make superhero movies because like previously to that if you were into comic books you were just straight up nerd now if you're into comic books like you have an entire multi-billion dollar film series that you can prove like hey this isn't that stupid because look at all this money these people made yeah and you know it's it's actually kind of funny my buddy chris and i uh we went to new dimension comics and there was a girl in there by herself picking out comics and stuff and we both kind of looked at each other and then uh you know my buddy and i looked at each other and then we we finished looking around the comic shop and we left and we both got out there and we were like do you see that (laughs) there was a girl in the comic shop on her own free will yeah picking out comics not dragged in there by somebody else yeah we're like what are the odds that she was picking out comics for her boyfriend? Because if not, like that is kind of, that's kind of kick-ass. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I don't know. We just thought it was funny. And it's kind of cool because not that, not that, uh, you know, seeing those kind of things would be uncommon, but, you know, typically before this big um, flood of superhero movies and it being popular and, and really uh, a cool piece of pop culture um, is really just kind of, nerdy guys who were into it and you know you were kind of looked down on if you were if you were a comic nerd or if you knew about superheroes and now it's kind of you got a leg up if you got some information they're like oh i didn't know that yeah it's like yeah well this is this is how it like this single line oh yeah that's that's how it happened in the comics like if you can say that you're 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 set yeah so but well i think we're gonna we're going to wrap some things up here, but um, one thing that I was thinking on the drive over that I want to start doing is just kind of have um, have a closing closing thoughts unrelated to the podcast, just about life in general, because we are more than just movie watchers and, and theater goers. Uh, we're you know people who have um, struggles and, and victories as well. And for me, I just wanted to share, um, I think that sometimes in life we tend to take on burdens and responsibilities that aren't really ours to bear. Sometimes you're not meant to um, to bear things alone and to go at it by yourself. And sometimes it's um, all you can do is just ask for help. And and um, you know you're not always meant to to carry the the weight of the world on your shoulder. So for those of you who have been maybe a little overwhelmed or anxious or or um, you know, feeling down in the dumps, just remember that there are people around you that care about you, that want to help you, and um, you know, don't don't do life by yourself. Yeah. Um, so, Greg, where can everybody find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram if you want to direct message me there. Uh, my Instagram handle should be gregmiller.films. That's G-R-E-G-G-M-I-L-L-E-R period F-I-L-M-S. Um, you can direct message me there, or I'm also on TikTok where I release some stuff about, um, cinematography as well as like, um, Christian content, uh, if you're, if you're looking for anything like that. And that's the same thing, except the period is an underscore. So it's Greg Miller underscore films. Uh, that's right. two of my best places to yeah. reach me. Mine, uh, probably best place to reach me is on Instagram as well. Mine is, uh, 
MR period 46 underscore motorsports. So it should be like Mr. 46 motorsports. Uh, most of my Instagram is devoted to motorsports and uh, car shows locally here in Pittsburgh and things like that. And uh, going to races and things like that. Uh, I go to Moto America. Me and Greg are going to Formula One in October. Um, some other events. Here I'm locally. so pumped for that. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. There's also some uh, Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix stuff on there, which is the world's largest gathering of of uh, vintage vehicles. So, yeah, me and Greg are pretty pumped to go to Formula One yeah, in October. I'm, I'm going to not film the, the whole time because I definitely want to enjoy it, but I at least want to get a couple shots and have, like, a cool, like, cinematic, like, travel film yeah. sort of thing. So that's at the end of October, the episode that week, we will be talking about racing movies. Yeah. Uh, but all of the episodes up until that point... We're still just uh, taking turns. Probably the week of uh, Halloween, we'll do some horror episode. Mm-hmm. We'll, do, we'll do an uh, horror episode, and then um, other than that, I mean, we're just c- trying to knock out as many as we can and stay off topic as much as possible. Yeah, I'm and, gonna try uh, to get them uploaded a little bit more consistently. Um, I've been a little bit busy, so the last episode got up a bit late. Um, but aside from okay. that, yeah. And we're then, just uh, happy that you guys are liking the show. We're hoping uh, you guys can share this with your friends and family, and hopefully we climb charts big enough. Uh, that way we can start getting some guests on, which yeah. is something we're really looking forward to, and something that actually helps us a bunch. If you have an iPhone, uh, go into Apple Podcasts um, and rate us five star and leave a review. That helps us a ton. Yeah. I mean, the, the film and uh, TV category isn't super large for um for the podcast um world so you know i think it would be pretty easy over a a small amount of time to to grow large enough to get um to get some more listeners so you know i i feel like there's not a ton of competition which would allow us to you know even if we have a little bit of support climb the ladder some so aside from that um this has been another episode of just a tangent with greg miller And Tyler Brewer. And we are glad that you guys joined us. So catch you later. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a serious. So we're going, going, we don't need my dear. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Nope, was a bad choice. You're killing me, Smalls. So you're telling me there's a change. Life moves pretty fast. To be continued.